Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to another edition of Golick and Smetty. I'm Mike Golick Sr. She is Jessica Smetana. Uh, we are, we, I guess we can call this maybe the road trip version right now. We're coming off <laughs> the uh, the holiday weekend, Memorial Day. First and foremost, obviously, I know by the time this will be released, we're, we're recording it uh, a day after Memorial Day, are, are certainly um, that day, that holiday we call it, has such meaning. Um, you know, my father was in, in the Marine Corps. Um, I'm sure so many people out there have family that served or know of those that served. And it's just an incredible day of remembrance for just, you know, what people have done. So uh, this this holiday, as they call it, Jess, uh, and I know what it is because people get the day off of work, but it just seems weird to me sometimes because, you know, we're talking about people who have given their lives, you know, for our, for our freedom. But uh, it's always a special one for me. Yeah, so Joe, you should explain uh, what the background noise is that we we're all yes. hearing right now, Mike. So, so uh, you're right. I should have done that first. I am on uh, a road trip. Me and my wife and my son Jake and our three dogs, the two pugs, Hank and Harry, and uh, Ted, our bulldog. So after I was done at ESPN, we sold our place in Connecticut, and I have a house at Notre Dame and I have a house in Scottsdale. So I was at Notre Dame from last April to November, and then we were in Scottsdale from November to just now. And then what we do is we have this Sprinter, uh, Mercedes Sprinter van that's decked out in the back with Airstream, like, you know, a shower and, wow. and bathroom and like a sink and like a, it's, it folds out to a bed. Very cool. And, and at this point anyway, great Wi-Fi. So, hey. Okay. Time for uh, time to uh, sponsor us, gang. We're using your stuff, and the <laughs> Wi-Fi works really well. So let's let's go. So I'm in the back right now. Jake's driving. I got Hank is laying oh, down. Oh, cute. Okay, that's one me. pug. There oh, his go. tongue is straight uh-huh. out of his mouth. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can't flip this camera. The other pug, Harry and Ted, our bulldog, are are up front right now. Wow. So so you definitely will see my camera shake a little bit as I'm in the back, and a little bit of noise. Uh, as well. Uh, I also see like all of your earthly possessions appear to be packed up behind you right now. They're in the back and my son Jake is like the greatest Tetris packer of all time. <laughs> I mean because that's what it is about fitting everything because we're not taking it we use in both places but you know it's got to be packed well and he's done a great mm-hmm. job. 
uh, doing that. So, so yeah, we have that goal. We're basically, we left Arizona on actually on Memorial Day, and we are now uh, driving through the plains of Oklahoma. Oh, wow. And so we have gone Arizona through New Mexico, through the top of Texas, Oklahoma. We'll go through Missouri, uh, and we will stay. And then our last stop will be, uh, we already spent the night once. We're going to make it to Springfield, Illinois, and then wow. we'll have about a four or five hour drive on the last day uh, to kick it on into South Bend. So it doesn't uh, sound too bad. It's really not. You know, we stop every couple hours for the dogs. They were great the first day. Then we stay in a hotel and they love it. You know, it's like an adventure. <laughs> so uh, it's it's a, it's a lot of fun. Did you do road trips growing up or anything? You've oh, ever my done gosh. Stuff like yes. This? Yes, we, my family went on tons of road trips. We used to drive uh, like medium road trips distance wise from Chicago to Pittsburgh and then Pittsburgh to Chicago a lot. And then we do longer road trips to South Carolina like twice a year because I have some friends and family down there. And so those were, those were the multi-day trips. So my family was big into audiobooks. I don't know if you guys like listen to audiobooks or music, but that was, that's always a debate when you're road tripping with people is like books versus podcasts versus music. We are music. Um, I, I, amazingly enough, now living in the podcast world, don't listen to a lot of podcasts, <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which is, I know it's kind of weird. I love listening to music. Um, we don't really, we have not really got the audio books. I remember when Greeny and I wrote a book and we had to do the audio for, oh, oh my yeah. God, Terrible. oh my God, what a pain in the ass that is. Why? Um, but yeah, well, they wanted us to make an audio book so people could listen to it on the road when they were road tripping, I guess. But so, if you're like a radio professional and the audio book was, was oh, too much of a pain in the ass for you, yes, you just have yes, to read. It it's so yes. much easier than just talking. Do, do you know why it was tougher, Jess? Because I had to read good or oh, well. Okay. <laughs> yeah, in radio, I can sound like an idiot and people understand that. You know, if I make the slightest mistake where on radio, nobody would give a shit. But when it's an audio book, they need it perfect. So the amount of Greeny was phenomenal at it because he's a great reader. Yeah, I kept making mistakes over and over. So, yeah, it sucked. I did not like it at all. We didn't do much road tripping. I think really the one of the first road trips we took that was multi-day was when my brother Bob was, a, I think, a freshman or a sophomore at Notre Dame. They, they played in the Gator Bowl. And we oh. were in Cleveland, and we drove down to the Gator Bowl, which was in Florida. Let me just tell you, I'm not going to lie, driving in a Sprinter van decked out Airstream is a great way to travel. I, I feel a bit spoiled. I wish I had this when we went to the Gator Bowl. It is very, very nice. So hopefully the connection holds up and I'm talking big about it. And I hope it, it works and we go through. But uh, so again, that is why you'll hear some noise because uh, we are over the, the great plains of, uh, of Oklahoma or approaching Tulsa, I think, at the recording. Your audio has only cut out like four or five times so far. So, so far, so good, Mike. I think, you know, I think we're going to make it. Oh, God. Okay. Sorry about that. Hopefully, uh, okay. hopefully, yeah. <laughs> But we used to have, we used to do picnics all the time, like for the holidays, you know, Labor Day, Memorial Day, uh, the 4th of July. We, my parents were in this club called Club Unique growing up, and we'd meet at this park that had an upper level of like a basketball court and a, and a uh, volleyball court. A next level down, we had horseshoe pits and a grill, and then you go down once more to a beach right there on Lake Erie in Cleveland. And just about all the guys in the club were part of a, a, a military branch. Mm -hmm. So obviously, again, Memorial Day was always a big one for us. But I mean, Jess, we went to this picnic 
from when I was a kid all the way to taking my kids to this picnic. That's how long it ran. It always brings back memories when I hit these holidays of going to these picnics and, and that's where you're so close with all these people you just call mm -hmm. them your aunt and uncle. Yeah. You know, it's, it's very cool. So so always good memories for me around the holidays. Yes, absolutely. And to to your point, I both of my grandparents, both of my grandfathers fought in World War Two and Korea. Uh, so Memorial Day is obviously a, a very special one. So happy belated Memorial Day yes. to everybody. Uh, hopefully it was a, a pleasant weekend. We actually had good weather in the Northeast for once on Memorial Day. Usually it's like the rainy, crappy weekend that you think is going to be the start of summer, and then it just disappoints you. But it was actually pretty nice this time. So It, it seemed like it was. I know there was some crappy weather in Hartford for the semis of the men's lacrosse. Yes. I know my, my son, Your my son, son Mike, Mike was, was there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he's been in the booth for calling lacrosse for ESPN. He loves it. Well, we'll get into but from a sports side, Jess. There's a lot I want to get into. Uh, we'll start with the NBA, but even the racing that went on in Monaco and the Indy 500, while those races went on and there's things to talk about, I have bigger questions about mm. those, that I, more general questions, I think, uh, that might, might interest some people. But Really, it's got to start in the NBA with what went on there. The Celtics, yet another seven-game series after they uh, uh, beat Milwaukee in seven games. They beat Miami on the road in a seven-game series. And, I mean, it, it almost seemed like a series of attrition with the injuries that had gone on on both sides. Who was going to last till the end? Last couple of games, Jimmy Butler's playing the entire game. Scores 47 in game, 35 in the loss. But, uh, boy, what this – so now, now Boston has made, this is their 22nd NBA final. They're 17 and four in the finals. Only the Lakers with 32 finals appearances has more, but Boston hasn't been there since I think 2000 and, uh, is it 2010? I got to look, I wrote it down somewhere. I'll try and find, I think it was 2010 that they hadn't been there. And for Golden State, it's been six of the last eight seasons. They have been in the finals, three titles by their core of Steph, Clay, and Draymond. So what, what did you think of this? My, I, I know Levitard and Stugatz and the whole crew that are down in Miami. I know you live down there, but you haven't been down there and a little able to pull that game seven off at home. Yeah, well, it just seemed like Miami didn't have the juice in the second half of the series, right? Like Jimmy Butler's been battling knee inflammation all season. He missed a couple games. Tyler Hero was out. He played in game seven, but he didn't seem to be 100%. Yeah. They, they're a team that like gets, uh, they've been really like hot uh, shooters in their playoff run so far and like weren't at all in the games in Boston. So like, just seems like a, a lot of things went wrong for them. And I mean, you can get all the heat analysis you want on the Levitard show, but yeah. having watched, <laughs> having watched all seven games of the series, it definitely seems like they kind of just ran out of juice and whether it's injuries or just like not, you know, being hot at the right time or whatever, you know, just poor playoff performances, I guess. Uh, the Celtics looked really good. Like they, they have a, a team that I think they're, Ime Odoka is getting a lot of credit yep. for putting together like a really great team in the second half of the season and like picking up, um, you know, some of the issues that they had to start off the season and fixing some of those. And I don't know, it just, it seems like, you know, it's the playoffs. So you got to be hot at the right time. I'm not like a, a basketball analysis wizard, but the Celtics just seem like they have all the pieces, right. And the heat just didn't feel that way at all uh, in this, in the series. 
Yeah, I completely agree with that. You know, you sit there and look at now the finals and where. Well, first, first finishing that game seven, you know, it was great listening to the announcers. Van Gundy didn't like. Well, Boston has what seven times they had double-digit leads in this game, but Miami kept coming back because all of a sudden Miami starts doubling Tatum. He's kicking the ball to Marcus Smart, who never met a shot he didn't like, and is just hoisting threes and clanking him. He hit some early, but he's starting to clank him at the end. And by the way, I'm a huge Marcus Smart fan, huge. But he's missing threes, and all of a sudden Miami's getting back into this thing, yeah. you know, because of Jimmy Butler. And with 15 seconds to go, they got a little bit of a fast break. You got Butler on Horford. They're down two. And while some said maybe Jimmy should have drove on Horford, Horford's backing off. Jimmy had a, a, a wide open three. Yeah. And, and he missed it. You know what? I had zero problem with that. Jeff Van Gundy did. And Mark Jackson said, to, they both said something correctly. Mark Jackson said, well, you got to be able to live with that, which I think Miami is. And Jeff Van Gundy correctly said, yes, and you have to be able to be able to live, to be able to die with that as well, which is what they did because <laughs> he missed that. But but I know he's not a great three point shooter. But I did not have a problem no, but with that three point shot at all. Yes, exactly. He, he was the reason that they even were in Game Seven yes. to begin with because of his performance in Game Six. So I mean, I don't know. I think like I I personally really like Jimmy Butler. He played at the Bulls before he was in Miami. Uh, he's just always been someone that I've kind of rooted for. I think he definitely deserves a championship, but it seems like unless he's fully 100% healthy and able to have those games with this specific team, the way it's constructed, they're not going to be championship. Uh, you know, they're not gonna be in the finals. Like there's going to be someone who's going to be able to beat them. So, and that being right. said, I don't know who your favorite is to win. I still think golden state would beat either of those teams. We'll, we'll see. Um, the Celtics, I think will cer are certainly going to be able to put up a better fight, but, uh, I, I still, I mean, the Celtic or the Warriors are still my favorite to win the championship. That hasn't changed since the first round of the playoffs. I agree. I, th I think they're going to win. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook uh, has them the, them for the finals, the whole finals, at minus 150, Celtics at 130. Game one, uh, it is Boston. Actually, they're both at minus 110. Boston knows a three-and-a-half-point underdog in game one. I love some of the odds. We won't spend a ton of time on this because the finals just last forever. Yes. Forever. It is like a half a freaking regular season within the finals because it lasts so long. So we have plenty of time to talk about it. Finals MVP, Steph is plus 110, Tatum is plus 170. There, there's so much time in between the games that you forget that the finals are happening, like between games one and two. Like like an entire long weekend will pass, and you'll be like, oh, yeah, those are on TV. I, I forgot because the last game was a week and a half ago. It's crazy. Cool. Yeah, com completely agree. I think the most fun uh, prop bet, again, on, on the DraftKings Sportsbook, is the longest shot made in the finals. So at the end of the finals, they'll take the longest shot. And the best odds are actually the longest shot only being 25 to 29 feet. That's plus 2,000. But you know someone's, you know someone's, with Steph, oh, my God. I mean, so 40 plus 40 feet plus is plus 1,000, 35 to 39 plus 215, and 30 to 34 is minus 185. So that's some, that's some fun prop bet stuff. I still like Golden State. I'm with you, Jess, in this one. I think getting some of the injured players back as well, like Iguodala, 
Porter Jr. and Peyton II that may be integrated back into practice in the lineup. I think it's going to help them. But what I like, maybe as a former defensive player, these are two of the top defensive efficiency teams. Mm-hmm. So I love the wing guarding against the clay and against the step, how that's going to go, you know, with Tatum and, and Marcus Smart and what he is able to do. So that's the part, the lockdown. So you know so much on this, Jets, is going to be how are the officials going to call this one? How tight are they going to call it? I love that you're like hitting um, some bumps right now, and I'm just like watching. Oh yeah, I'm bouncing everywhere. Fly. (laughs) When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bouncing everywhere, man. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry if this is a train wreck. This is just what we got. No, it's all it's all good. It's fun. It's a road trip edition of Golik and Smeddy. I Speaking of, yeah, of yeah. cars and road trips, Mike, Formula One was in Monaco this weekend, which yep. is... Probably the biggest event on the Formula One calendar, although not definitively not the best race, so to speak, on the calendar. No. People do not. Uh, a lot of Formula One fans don't like the racing at Monaco, but kind of like the the spectacle of Monaco because it's right. where all these you know mega wealthy people bo- uh, park their yachts for the weekend, and a lot of celebrities go there, and a lot of the drivers actually live there. Um, right. So Monaco was this weekend. It was kind of a crazy race despite most people thinking that it's pretty boring there was a lot of drama surrounding the race on sunday with uh, a rain delay that then the formula one uh stewards said was because of a power outage they had to delay the race and then there was a whole issue of it being too wet to then race after they already went on the track it was like a whole fiasco to start the race so the race was delayed a couple like i think an hour and then um there was a lot of drama in the race itself with the decision-making by Ferrari's team uh, and specifically with Charles Leclerc, who by all accounts had the lead in the race should have won, but their team completely botched his, his pit lane strategy and which tires he should have on and win. And so Red Bull ends up winning with Sergio Perez winning his first Monaco Grand Prix, which was awesome because he is like one of the most, I think most liked Yes. drivers in on the grid like all the other drivers really like him apparently and so it was cool to see him win but it was uh it was a very interesting one mike i'm not sure if you watched what your I thoughts did. were oh i i did and, and you know I'm, I'm deep into uh drive to survive now so i'm okay. in the last season of that and i'm a big fan of checkos as well so i was happy he got the win sands gets second and verstappen gets third so so uh the red bull team goes one and three here and i'm gonna get into that in a second but, but, yeah, Leclerc, I mean, he was so ticked off at, at the, the, how they blew those pit stops. I mean, they, they cost him. So, so there's that. There's Ferrari filed a protest at the end saying, I think it was Perez and Max both had a pit lane violation, which is interesting because right. in the Indy 500 that came up as well. Really? Pit lane violation. So we'll get to yeah Yeah, it did. So I'll get to that. But, but the protest went nowhere. The, yeah. the, the who you said, you know, place, place. That's how it was. One, two, three. But then the interesting part, and this is, and, and oh, by the way, 
love Monaco, the scene, hate Monaco, the race. You right. can't pass, Jess. Oh, it's you so frustrating. The, the last few laps were so frustrating to watch because there were the top four cars were just in a train and no one could pass anyone because there's just no space. They're driving on old city streets. There's no passing lanes, basically, Rick in the whole Jay race. Passed more cars in the last minute on the highway here <laughs> than were passes that went on at Monaco. I mean, I, so, and they're talking about they need to change because, again, one of their big sponsors is Tag Heuer for F1. It's Rolex, and they don't pay a lot of money, does Monaco, for this. It's a spectacle, and it's such a big-time thing. But I, in all honesty, I hate the course. It's boring's the wrong word because there was some drama with the rain and everything. But if, if there's no rain, I mean, there's barely any drama. Yeah. Well, there, what's so. interesting, yeah, I, I, so it's really hard to overtake, but what was interesting about this race was that if they had started on time and there had been this last minute scramble, like once the race started to put on wet tires, it could have actually right. been kind of interesting, but of course the stewards were concerned about safety and then the rain started getting really heavy, which they probably would have ended up pausing the race during the really heavy rain regardless, but they could have at least had a few laps in with like the medium rain. And then that would have made things more interesting because you, instead of having like racing overtaking, the only action really happened in the pit lanes with the strategy. Right. So if you are someone who really likes dissecting, you know, pit lane strategy, this was a great race because of the decisions Ferrari made and the decisions Red Bull made. Red Bull's ultimately winning them the race, Ferrari's ultimately losing the race for Charles Leclerc, but Carlos Sainz was able to make the correct determination for himself and, and kind of like overrule his team. Right. And, ended up in second but it was just like kind of a fiasco so i'm with you like it's it's definitely not the most interesting track i still think it's cool like i would still if i could if i was wealthy enough yeah, attend yeah. the race it would be awesome to go there um but it's just like a, a totally totally crazy scene apparently i i would go uh for the casinos alone quite honestly <laughs> um like i said it's a it's a good looking venue but yeah the race just not a lot to it. So, but here's one of the big questions I wanted to ask is, and I, I found it just a lot through the drive to survive is, you know, there, there's obviously 10 teams and 20 drivers who for some reason they call teammates that there is nothing representing the two drivers driving for the same deal, uh, you know, yeah. team that says teammates. They are the furthest thing from teammates after this race. Max Verstappen's dad went off in a blog saying they prioritized Checo over my son and it should have been the other way around. I mean, how do you call each other teammates? The first thing in this drive to survive is you hear these guys say is my first goal is to beat my teammate. I mean, it's the wildest thing. I, I, this is part of it again. For those that don't know, I'm, I'm pretty new to F1 and I'm, I'm learning and I love it. I'm fascinated by it. But the teammate portion of this folks to me in F1. Yeah, well, they're so like every team has like, oh, you know, their number one driver and their number two driver. And they don't necessarily say the say that out loud most of the time. But like you kind of know, like, OK, Mercedes number one driver is Lewis Hamilton, although this right. season he's not been as good as his teammate George Russell. Right. So when there's like a situation where like in Spain, Sergio Perez 
uh, is ahead of Max Verstappen, and they want Sergio Perez to give the spot back to Verstappen because they think Verstappen is the title contender right. and Perez isn't. Perez was like, I don't like this. This is, you know, he said, like, that's unfair, but he, he did it. He acquiesced because he kind of knows his standing on the team. Now he's won this weekend, and there's, you know, a lot of people wondering, well, maybe he's a title contender too. So maybe this, instead of Leclerc and Verstappen being, you know, the two contenders, because, you know, Ferrari's a, a mess strategically, maybe it's going to come down to Checo and Max Verstappen, which would be interesting. But yeah. sometimes, sometimes your teammate does help you out. Like, if you're doing it like it, it just depends on the race like if you need your teammate to defend for you and this happened right. last season in Abu Dhabi Sergio Perez defended from Hamilton for a few laps and was able to trip him up so he wasn't uh, able to gain as big of a lead on Verstappen which ended up mattering or not mattering depending on how you look at like the whole controversy that happened after that but sometimes your teammate if they're in the lead and there's a car trying to get ahead of them they can, you know, slow them down and help you out. But there is, like, the dynamic between the teammates, I think, is one of the most fascinating things about the sport. Because, like you said, it's like you're still competing against each yeah. other, but you have, you know, the same colors on, essentially. It's not really, it's not really like any other team sport, quote-unquote. Yeah, it's wild. You get, you get your, your teammate, Verstappen's teammate, wins, and the first thing out is Verstappen's dad blogging about how he didn't like how the race finished. It's like, wow. I mean, so again, maybe this is more I need to learn about the sport because I'm sure there is defending out there. But, and again, I'm sure in Drive to Survive, they're doing the most dramatic parts. Oh, definitely. Uh, a lot yeah. of times uh, of that. <laughs> so maybe it's not as bad as I think, but it brings up another question in the other big race over the weekend, the Indy 500. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And I remember getting to cover that one time. Greeny and I did a show there on, on a Thursday before the race around those turns, which is just unbelievable. And won this year by Marcus Erickson, a former F1 driver. Yeah. You know, who, who kind of, I haven't read the whole story, but maybe didn't get treated as well as a lot of people thought he should have an F1. So he's now in the Oval at, uh, at Indy, and he wins it. And by the way, a record purse, 3.1 mil. Not too bad, you know, no. for, for a race. But I know that they've asked like others, like Max Verstappen said he would never do Indy. He thinks yeah. it's too dangerous. He said he'd never uh, risk his life doing yeah. IndyCar. And I'm like, well, you know, like to, to an average person, like F1 seems pretty dangerous too. Although like they, they have made a lot of safety adjustments right. over the past few years. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, I prefer my sports to not have any danger level, which is unrealistic, especially right. as a, a football fan. But it's funny to hear one guy who goes like 180 miles an hour to 200 miles an hour say that the guy going 230 miles per hour is yeah. crazy and like he'd never do that <laughs> just yeah. to a, to the average person it's like unfathomable that anyone does any of these things I, I I'm with you but he said no chance what I didn't know is that there's this motor triple crown which is Monaco yeah. Monaco, Indy, and the 24-hour Le Mans yeah. and, and I know Verstappen had said he'd probably do some some of the endurance racing, like a Le Mans, but he will never do 
uh, Indy, but we always get crossover there because we've seen Indy go to um, go to uh, NASCAR and the other way around. Like Jimmy Johnson, seven-time you know NASCAR Cup champ, he raced in the Indy here, he, and he got rookie of the, of the race. By the way, I think he crashed a little bit before the end mm. and was out. But it's cool to see uh, the crossover here. So that brought up another question to me. But congratulations to Marcus Erickson. I mean, three point one mil. Oh, and in that one, when I, I mentioned another pit lane situation, one in, in the in Monaco, this one, Scott Dixon led for ninety five of the, of the two hundred laps in this, right? But he had a pit road speeding penalty that cost him too fast in pit road so as i think uh, our, our buddy from espn marty mcgee had said you can get a speeding ticket at an auto race <laughs> and that's exactly what he did and it basically cost him i think he ended up finishing 21st in this but i started thinking some of these guys that are crossing over what other sport if you had to do another you were soccer correct yeah so if you had to play another sport what other sport would it have been Oh my God! I don't know. I'm not that athletic, Mike. I, what would you have done other than football? I would have wrestled because I was a wrestler oh. in high school and a wrestler. Okay, well then, Notre besides Dame. besides wrestling and football, because you did wrestling. Right. Um, I loved swimming. It's the first competitive sport I did. I loved okay. it. I swam. Uh, then I started gaining weight. And I started not going as fast in the pool because uh, I, I did pretty well swimming. Went to a couple of national meets. And then the, uh, the wrestling one pretty good. My brother Bob, for those that may not know, my brother Bob wrestled at Notre Dame. Bob would have won the NCAA championship his senior year. But the bowl game he played in that right before was the Cotton Bowl, the chicken soup game, the famous chicken yes, soup game. Yes, the chicken soup where game. Where Joe Montana was sick and had chicken soup at halftime. They came back and won. My brother Bob hurt his knee in that game, and he had to get ready for the draft, so he didn't wrestle his senior year. He'd have won. His junior year, he took third. His sophomore year, he took fourth. He was a great mm -hmm. wrestler. And this was back when you could not do two sports in the Olympics. Like now you see, remember Herschel Walker did football and then Bob sledding. Well, you couldn't do it that back then. Bob, I think, would have had a chance in the 80 Olympics in wrestling. But he would have had to, because he got drafted in 79, he would have had to wait a year, not uh. go to the NFL draft. And turns out anyway, the Olympics, you're too young maybe to remember, mm. we boycotted those Olympics, so we didn't go anyway. So Yeah, I was definitely yeah. too young to remember yeah. that. I, I think to answer your question, Mike, I probably would have become like a pro golfer. I feel like oh, I, I would have thrived. Go. Like I when I was younger I hated golf because it was too boring and slow, but now as a mature adult I, I enjoy being on the golf course more. So maybe that would have been my thing. Well you got a great swing. I saw it on, on Instagram you guys <laughs> played in that one tournament. You got a really nice swing, so that, that oh, would work out well for you. That. But but yeah, so I, I enjoyed a lot of what went on over the weekend. Um, including we have become a, a we're a big lacrosse family now. When we first moved to Connecticut from Arizona when I started ESPN, Mike was ten, Jake was nine, Sydney I think was five. And the boys always played baseball and I managed them in little league baseball. But that was our first introduction in Connecticut to lacrosse. And our boys were always bigger than everybody else. Jake was bigger and faster than everybody else, which made for a deadly combination. <laughs> so they both saw lacrosse and said, wait a minute, we can hit people and use a stick. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. And they never picked up a baseball bat again. And they, they, they played lacrosse. Jake was a midi on defense jake spent so much time in the penalty box just destroying kids you know probably not the, the greatest in the world but man 
when he went running after someone, we just started clearing out the penalty box, knowing that uh, that he was going to end up there. But then when Mike got to Notre Dame, he roomed with a lacrosse kid, Sean Rogers. So he had been huge into lacrosse, fought we, and we followed Notre Dame lacrosse forever, and they've been doing very well. First time out of the tournament, actually, this year in a long time. Um, so we've been big lacrosse fans, and the, both the championships were over the weekend on the women's side, North Carolina. Both champs, by the way, undefeated for the season. North Carolina beat Boston College 12-11. They finished 22-0 uh, on the year. I got to give really quick because I, I don't know some people aren't as into the non-revenue or the non-big sports. But as I said, these athletes, because I got to know a lot of them from lacrosse players to soccer players to swimmers, work just as hard or harder than the revenue sports, the football oh, yeah, and, sure. and, the, and, the, and the basketball players. So to see them put the time in, this, this young lady from Boston College, Charlotte North, she had four goals in the game. She's the all-time leading scorer in NCAA history considered probably the greatest lacrosse player, women's lacrosse player of all time in this. She was incredible to watch, but also she only made four four goals on 10 shots because she was defended by a young lady named, I, I'm gonna say Emma Trenchard, I hope I'm pronouncing that correct, four-time first-team All-American. So, I mean, Jeez. what a great matchup for that. Uh, but excellent game, so huge, uh, you know, and this was a team in North Carolina in the semis, they were down eight to Northwestern, and they came back and won that game to get into the final. So, uh, congrats to them. Fun game, 12-11. BC scored with about 15 seconds to go. So, they had to get the face off and have a chance, but North Carolina got the face off, and that was the end of the game. But a lot, a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, lacrosse is fun. I, I agree. So, Charlotte North ended up with 92 goals this season, which are, are she already broke the record for like right. all time. NCAA goals. Oh, okay. Was, so now she's added to it. So now she has 358 career oh. goals. And the record before that was from Courtney Murphy, who had 341 goals when she was at Stony Brook. So, I mean, that's just like incredible. So, like you said, she's she's one of the probably one of the best college lacrosse players yeah. of all time. I think it's fair to say. Yeah, yeah. So that that was fun to watch. And then quick shout out too to Maryland on the men's side. As I said, Saturday, last Saturday in Hartford, it was rain delays and the whole deal. But they got to the finals, Maryland and Cornell. Maryland won that one 9-7. They finished 18-0 on the season, their fourth title. The last one was in 2017. And kudos to Logan Wisnowskis, who had four points in the game, two goals, two assists. The first Maryland player to have 100 points in a season. So kudos to him. 7-2, they were up at half. Going into the third quarter, two more goals. They were up nine to two, and then and everybody thought, oh no, this game's going to be a blow. Cornell makes a nice run to get it to nine seven, but that's as close as they got. So, congrats to North Carolina women and the Maryland men on their titles. It's always a fun weekend. A lot of great softball and baseball that went on over the weekend. Yeah, Mike, I I fully so expect I fully expect a College World Series and and softball College World Series rundown from you on next week's show. Also, I know I, that those I, are starting soon, and and you yes. seem to be on top of your NCAA sports. I do. I, I love it. Listen, I'm one of those guys that watches any Olympic sport from archery to to curling. I just love it because I understand the time aspect that these that these athletes put into it, no matter the sport. I don't care if it's darts or archery. It doesn't matter to me. I love watching it. But the baseball and softball go so long. My God, they get out of school and, and they finish 
the teams that make it all the way to the end, they get, what, a couple of weeks off, and they're probably friggin' back in school. Again. I always thought that was so unfair. Yes. Like, I, I, yes. didn't, I didn't play any, like, spring sports, obviously, in college, but I always felt bad, like, leaving after finals week, and then the, all the teams would still be there. Like, all my girlfriends who played lacrosse and softball would be like, well, we can't move out yet. We're still here. And then they stay until, like, mid-June or, like, even late June, and everyone else is gone. I mean, they all love it, obviously. I, well, I don't know if they all love it, but they like being with their teams and they like competing because if you're still there late into the spring, it means, like, you've probably made it pretty far in the tournaments and you're probably pretty good, but – Right. I right. always like my favorite thing was moving out and, and like, you know, leaving college for the summer, going to wherever I was going to, you know, do an internship or job or whatever it was. Because, you know, after a certain point, you're just like ready to ready to leave. But oh, you're absolutely strange. ready to leave. Yeah, it goes for a while. I remember last year, Notre Dame made it to the regionals down Mississippi State, which is a great place to, to watch a game, by the way. That was that was a lot of fun. But so, yeah, I'll definitely have coverage for you on that. So let's let's end this thing if, if we can on because I'm sure people are going to be like, oh, my God, they didn't talk any Notre Dame. Well, I guess I mentioned a little bit of it and no football. Football is never out of the news, but it involves baseball to talk about football. Did you see this between Jock Peterson and Tommy Fan, the two baseball players got in a, a little fight over fantasy football rules? I mean, how crazy yes, is that? I, I still can't believe this story. So, fam, he slapped Peterson in the face on video before a game, and apparently it stemmed from, uh, I guess, Peterson was putting players on IR who were injured during, like, their fantasy yeah. football season to circumvent the rules and, and, like, have a little bit of an advantage. So, you know, his players were, were on IR. But I, I don't know, Mike, this, like – it's funny, but it's also like deeply disturbing. I feel like like this is so, like he slapped him in the face. Like that is such a su like you are taking it to such an insane level when you're going up to someone and publicly slapping them in the face over fantasy football. So here is Fam's quote. Th this, you know, one word we've been hearing, especially in in basketball, a lot, Jess, is the code. Don't break the code. This is unbelievable. Now listen. I don't play a ton of fantasy football. I do the DraftKings the Sunday. We have a whole group that, that picks our team on Sundays and do it that way. I don't have enough myself personally patience to go in and out, make trades, set lineups and all that. But we obviously know that so many people love it. So as you said, fam slapped Jock Peterson. And this is what he said. I slapped Jock. He said some shit I don't condone. I had to address it. It was regarding my former team, the Padres. I didn't like that, and I didn't like the sketchy shit going on in fantasy. We had too much money on the line, so I look at it like there's a code. You're effing with my money. Then you're going to say some disrespectful shit. There's a code to this. I'm like, oh, my God, there's a code to this? I, feel like I had no social, idea. I feel like the code of living in society is, like, not to hit people, though. Like, I mean, he could have just – he could have just – said all of that and not hit him in the face yes. and then everyone would be like wow that's so shitty like don't do that in fantasy football like you're you're being a bad fantasy football player right the hitting so he, is just a whole nother level mike it's, it's kind of it's kind of like the will smith and chris rock thing you can have a problem with what he said about your wife but you don't walk on stage and punch him well you so, know it, so he got suspended for three games right yes he was suspended for three games and here's jock peterson responding to what I just read Fam saying. 
Jack Peterson acknowledged to reporters that, quote, there was a lot of money involved and said FAM was telling the truth. Oh, my God. It blows my mind. So bizarre. Oh, man. I mean, I, I, but listen, I know so many people. Well, listen, a lot of the players, they say they get asked all the time when they're out in public about fantasy, what they think, how many they're going to score, what they think they're going to do this year. And it's all about football. It's crazy how big that's become. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think if there's a moral to the story, it's like settle your beefs in the group chat. If you need to, like, you know, tell people, like, hey, this guy's being sketchy, like, yeah, we've all played fantasy football. We know that that's a little sketchy, but maybe don't hit him in the face, especially when people are watching. Hit, yeah, hit, now he's suspended. The... He's not going to get paid for yes. three games. And it had nothing to do with his sport. And, and it had nothing to do with some of the, obviously, the serious bullshit we see off the field with athletes. This, I, I got to know, has anybody ever got suspended over dealing with fantasy football in a different sport than what you're playing? I mean, and you're right. Handle it in the concourse, in the, you know, go, go to his locker room. You did it out in the outfield. Tap <laughs> him upside his head. Oh, my God. I mean, it is... But, man, it just shows you how serious people take this shit. It's unreal. Yeah, that's true. Don't mess with people's money, I, I guess. Well, well, that is true, too. <laughs> I guess that is true. So, so Jess, that's about all I got. I, I hope I didn't mess it up too badly. I hope uh, it can all be fixed with our audio. Um, we're, we're, we just drove through Tulsa, and uh, we will continue on and uh, see how this trip goes. I'll give you one last look. We saw Hank in the beginning. Hank was so oh, riveted by, by this. There he is. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. How is his tongue always outside of his mouth? Is my it's always question. out. Always out. And Does it, he and not it gets have front dry. teeth? Oh. He's had some teeth pulled. Pugs have some issues with teeth. So he oh. has had some teeth pulled. But Poor but he's Pugs. fine. That tongue's out. It, it's like a piece of beef, jer beef jerky when it dries. <laughs> Ew. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, uh, Mike, I enjoyed listening to... I, I hope this entertained you on your road trip. Now you can go put your music back on. And I hope that... Um, this was maybe a good distraction from the, the beautiful plains of Oklahoma for a, a little bit. So it's very flat. It is very flat, but I'm enjoying it. Uh, so next week, well, thank God we'll have the NBA finals that will have started. So we'll have that to talk yeah, about. We'll be on last. game. We'll be probably on game one. Yeah. Only. yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then game two will be the following week. That is, that is so true. But, uh, so until then, hopefully so like we said a lot more going on and, uh, and if you don't hear from me next week, that means, you know, the rest of the trip didn't go so well, but uh, hopefully oh, it will. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's pretty morbid, isn't it? So uh, until next week, um, uh, safe travels for me. And I don't know, where are you? Are you back in, in, in Miami yet? I will be soon. I will be soon. Well, safe travels for you Thank as you. well. And everybody out there who traveled on, uh, on the holiday weekend, I hope it all went smooth and safe for y'all as well. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER in Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Wyoming. 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 
1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and New Hampshire. 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-BETS-POF in Iowa. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK 467-369 in New York. Visit opgr.org in Oregon. Call or text the Tennessee Red Line 1-800-889-9789 or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. 21 plus only. 18 plus in New Hampshire and Wyoming. Physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Michigan, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full terms and conditions. No results guaranteed. Void were prohibited. Eligibility restrictions apply. See www.draftkings.com slash sportsbook for full details. Odds and lines are subject to change. 